This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, your host. I am uh, happy to be reporting in from the near frontier at the kitchen table once again. And Miss E is with us as well. Yay! <sighs> the crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild. Uh, thank you for not only being here tonight, but thank you for holding down the uh, fort and the farm and Dealing with goat births and all kinds of uh, unfortunate stuff while I was away for, what, nine days? Nine, yeah, last week sucked. Yeah, it did. Okay, so first off, I forgot to shut up the chicken coop overnight. Now, they're wired in. Right. So we have a chicken wire pen run around them, and I got a little cocky, apparently. And I was like, eh, they'll probably be okay. No, they weren't. I'm an idiot. And a possum got in. And managed to eviscerate one chicken and do enough harm to a second chicken that she died the next day. So I had two dead chickens. And then one of our goats gave birth on one of the coldest days of the year and her kids didn't make it. But... The good news about that is, is finally on the 14th, her, that one, her daughter, who is a first freshener, which is a goat term, it's the first time she's had a baby, first time she's being milked, mm. first freshener, um, her name is Fickle, uh, Fickle gave birth to two little tiny little kids, a girl and a boy, on Valentine's Day, Right. so we named them Romeo and Valentina, and they have been living in the house ever since. Yes. Because it was too cold for them to be with the mom, and I couldn't put them outside, and it's not like I'm going to bring a, an adult goat in the house. Right. No, that's can't, not going to happen. Can't put a diaper on them, then they're <laughs> they're kind of gross, and she's kind of crazy, and she's still learning how to get on the stand. Oh, I have to tell you, though, twice today, she jumped up voluntarily. Like, oh, wow. I didn't have to pick her up and put her up there. She's getting it. Good. So, yeah. Yay. Yay. That is good. So we're doing feedings every four hours for the babies, Mm -hmm. and I'm doing three-a-day milkings to get the moms up to production. And I'm working and doing the homeschool thing, so it's been a crazy busy few days. It has been a crazy busy few days. The uh, the baby goats, by the way, are officially at frolicking stage. It's been (gasps) kind of cute to watch them over the past few days because... 
they couldn't deal with the hardwood floor. The padding oh. of their feet were too soft, and then they're just sliding all over the place, and, and they have no coordination. Uh, but now they're to the point where they're hopping and they're bouncing around, and it's really fun. So we'll uh, I posted a video um, on Instagram at Cam Edwards, and we'll be posting more videos. Uh, of the uh, adorable baby goats. And we've got, like... As I long think, as they're in the house. And probably when we move them outside as well. Well, they're going to be in the house until it gets warm, because they can't go back with mom. Yeah. Because they're now bottle babies. Right. And I have bottle babies for eight weeks. Mm. So, once it gets warm, they'll go out in the pen that we had the babies in last time, and right. then in about a month, we should have two more goats having babies. So, if anybody's interested in... Almost 100% Nigerian dwarf babies. <laughs> we'll give you a good deal. Oh, yeah, very good still deal. still mutts, so... Uh, yep. So but, you they're, get, but they're good mutts, and they're healthy mutts, and... Oh, yeah. The, and they'll be, you know, trained to be around people. Yeah. Oh, these guys, they know I'm mommy. Oh, yeah, it's really funny. I call their names. <laughs> they come running over. They hear my voice. They, they start nudging at me like, oh, there's the food lady. So, yeah, it's cute. Crazy, but cute. We also had to deal with some uh, winter weather while I was gone. I don't know how much uh, you guys had to deal with here, but as soon as I got back, it snowed, and we had a couple of crazy days. It was pretty cold while I was gone, While too, you right? were gone, we just had the very, very bitter cold, which was why I had to bring the babies in the house. Right. Because it, even... Okay, so the mom's... And the the when they're expecting, we have a shed, and we we put them in a contained room with a fresh straw on the ground, water and food, and so we can keep an eye on them. Um, but it's still not very warm. It's still outside. It's not like I'm going to run a heater out there because that's a fire hazard. Right. Do you know how many stupid people manage to burn their chicken coops down because they anthropomorphize them and they think that they need to have a heater out there? I'm sure many, many. Yeah. It's ridiculous how many chicken coop fire stories I see this time of year. Do not do that. If you have a live very cold area, then get chickens that are cold tolerant. But do not run heat to your chicken coop. No, that's just asking for a fire. High yeah. straw, bird poop, feathers, <laughs> flammable. Right. Right? Let me just put this propane uh, heater in here in this uh, incl- tight enclosed space. Well, they're that. electric, which is uh, just as stupid. These right. people are running extension cords out to their chicken yeah, coops, and good. no, no. So we do have the uh, the the shed that is you know full of straw. But you're right; it's still pretty chilly in there. Yeah. Oh well, this week uh, when the babies were born, it was like ten degrees outside. Mm-hmm. So I had I saw her the night before. And I had this thought. I'm like, I better put her in the shed. So I locked her up there with her mom so she'd have another source of body heat. And sure enough, next morning I go out and I hear the little tiny little bleat sounds. And I only saw the one baby kind of in the center. And then I saw the other one. She had managed to shove herself under something. So I quick scooped them up. I brought them in the house. Um, the, the, the one that I saw, he was a little dirtier and wet and mm-hmm. very cold. And two goat people gave me this trick. Put him in a bucket of hot water. Like, Hot, hot, pretty warm. Like, yeah. not like a burn yourself, but really, really warm. Mm-hmm. Just put the whole body in there, leave the head out. That's going to bring their body temperature up. So that's what I did with the little, he they ended up being the, the boy, the Romeo. Right. So what I brought, I brought him in, I put him in a bucket of hot water, 
got them all rinsed off, which was really good because the water ended up really dirty. <laughs> um, pulled him out. We towel dried him, and then I blow dried him. So he was super dry, nice and warm. Brought him in the house, and just I had to start milking moms. The good thing is, is I had some frozen colostrum mm-hmm. for the babies for the first almost lasted 48 hours I think it was probably 36 they say to 24 36 for the colostrum I wanted to go to 48 I got the powdered stuff they did not like that no no but I tried it once they did not like that and then we went to regular goat's milk and they were like oh yeah this is good stuff but <laughs> they are sucking down the bottles they're doing really great they're passing they're they're voiding correctly it's kind of like the cool thing is is that I breastfed five children so I kind of know how the milk production system works, and I know to expect that baby's poop is going to get weird and gross and mm. be disgusting. And yes, if they pee a lot, that's a good thing because it means they're getting a lot of liquids, but they're not getting too much because they don't have diarrhea. They have the normal stool. So it's been interesting. I'm a mom all the say, way down, this, right? This is like a substitute for having another kid. It is. I have kids instead of kids. <laughs> Kids instead of children, I suppose. I'll put it that way. Right. All right. We're going to take a uh, time out, but we do have much more from the kitchen table. So stick around. We'll be back here on 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Still to come on the program this week, we'll uh, get to some uh, listener emails uh, Missy is showing me a picture from the Corny Goat Farm Instagram account of uh, the baby goats in their baby diapers. Yeah, because... Are you going to put their sweaters on them, too, just to complete the... Uh... The, 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 the sweaters were just a keep-the-body-core-warmer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's temporary. Goats are ruminants, so when they digest, they actually create body heat. So that was just for the first few days. I, mean, oh, okay. I know the the youngest thinks we should put their sweaters back on because they're cute. <laughs> but I don't. It's kind of like putting a a blanket on a horse. Right. It has to be cold enough for the horse to be comfortable. Otherwise, so in the house, they're in the house. They're in a cardboard box. They're next to the warm spot. And I put them in the sunshine, so they don't really need the sweaters anymore. They're got they're they're gaining weight. <laughs> they're so tiny that I can put them on my kitchen scale. Mm-hmm. The little one, uh, Valentina, the girl, she was like. 
barely two pounds in her sweater and now she's two pounds without her sweater so it's a good thing so yeah yeah no they are ridiculously tiny i mean even our little dog ruffy looks like a great big dog compared standing right next to these little tiny baby goats and bullet is fascinated he is so like he can't stop when they're out he just wants to be around but he's he's, really good he is until he's not and then he knocks them over because he's a big (laughs) goliath and all the other dog wants to do is clean him up right but 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 bullet is he's not overly rambunctious with no he's he's certainly not aggressive no he's not he's actually been really Pleasant. Yeah, he's just he's a bull in a china shop. He is he just, very much a bullet in a china shop. <laughs> it has been uh it's been fun to have the uh baby goats in the house. Um, I don't know how yeah, I'll feel six weeks say, from now. I was gonna say it's uh, been fun because it's only been since Sunday. <laughs> right. I remember I remember three days. Towards the towards the end of uh oh. the last go round with livestock in the house when we had thirty one chickens. chickens we were uh, we were so ready to get them so, out. Yeah, because <laughs> between the dust they created yeah. and the smell, yeah. even as clean as I kept their little brood pen, and having them in my office, it was just so bizarro. But, oh, because speaking of that, um, so one of the kids was like, what are we going to do if, if we have to move, you know, what, what, what are we going to do with the babies if we have company? I'm like... Well, I, I'll just put them in my office, <laughs> like I did with the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I imagine you know the company would probably want to see the baby goats too, right? Oh yeah, everybody wants to see baby goats. I post pictures and they're just dying for more pictures. It's kind of cute. Yeah, baby goats are like one of the baby goats and bacon. You know, are like are some of the the in things right now. It's baby goats and sweaters, like baby people. Right. People want to see baby goats and diapers. People baby, jumping. Like I really can't like wait. the jumping. This weekend it's going to be nice and warm. Right. It may not. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll actually be able to dry out mm-hmm. because between we. So this week it was snow that changed to sleet that changed to freezing rain that changed to rain. Then everything melted, and so it, everything is a big muddy mess here. Yeah, so hopefully it'll dry out. But hopefully it'll dry out some places so we can take the babies out. Because I, I can't wait. I would love to see them run around in the grass. Oh, I know. And the hogs are happy. When I uh, got home tonight after the show, uh, uh, Abigail was outside and she was horrifying at me. So I came over and started scratching her behind her ears. And then uh, Flopsy and Mopsy uh, joined in as well. They're har- 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 so uh, they're like yeah. dogs. Yeah, kind like, of and have, smog. We're just they're off doing their own thing. They want to but. talk to you, but it's like and you're like, okay, hey, rah, 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 to you too. Is there is there happy grunts? Yeah, you know, as opposed to their hey, 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 it's when dinner hungry, 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 right? Yeah. So so when daylight savings, so dinner was always at five. But then daylight savings came around, mm-hmm. and it started getting darker, so dinner changed to four. Well, now that days are getting longer, I'm trying to stretch dinner later, but you'd think, you know. <laughs> I go outside, and I'm being yelled at. The hog is like, rah, 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 you, what the heck is going on here, rah, 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 you're late, rah, rah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, they're definitely, uh, they, are, they are always ready to eat when it is dinner time, and they let you know that uh, yeah. they are hungry. And I'm late. Right. Chip was on the steps. As I was getting all the food ready, I'm putting the buckets near the door. I'm getting my shoes on. I'm grabbing my coat. Chip the rooster. Chip is our rooster. And as I look out the door, I was like, 
really? You're up here complaining about dinner <laughs> late too? I have a job and I'm trying to get this later. It's 4.30. It's not that late, guys. Come on, shoo, shoo, shoo. So, yeah. Well, at least it has been warm. You haven't had to break the uh, ice for the no, everybody, animals at all. No, the, the, that's the nicest thing. It's like, yay, I don't have to lug 40-pound buckets of water to five different places on the farm. So that's a good thing. Right. But the good thing on the plus side is, is I'm, even with milking, I'm getting lots more exercise. Well, there you go. So. And we'll be getting even more because, you know, the Next warmer month. weather and the... Staying daylight longer means that spring is going to be here before long. and we start planting the garden. <laughs> absolutely, we have to start planting the garden. Are yep. you ready? No, but I have all my <laughs> seeds. I have, it, I have it mapped out mentally in my mind. Last year, because the big garden, uh, most of it got affected with tomato blight. I can't put any tomatoes down there, so that's going to be... Beets and onions and green beans and peas and whatever else I think we should have. I like lettuce this year. Um, or at least some spinach, too, so I could freeze it. Just have to it. cover that because the rabbits get into anything lettuce-like and cabbage-like. Yeah, I have yet. With the, the exception of the thing, baby bok choy. Baby they bok that choy. One the ching-chang bok choy mm. that I grew. And those, that's actually the name. Mm-hmm. It, it was from uh, uh, Baker Creek. Uh, that was successful yeah but all of the different types of cabbages they'd get to a certain point and it would be either being eaten by the little green worms or eaten by the rabbits yep maybe i'll try brussels sprouts this year and hey, we were going to try brussels sprouts last year tall and yeah but i never got around to it right well we never got around to it it's all right yeah it's one of those it's all right but this year we're going to be a little bit smarter we you know or at least uh, a little bit more realistic i think in our, yeah. in our well, plannings because last year we were thinking Let's, well, no, I was thinking, okay, farmer's market, as many little tomatoes as I can go. <laughs> and that didn't work out real well. And I don't have time to have a farmer's market because between, you know, the rest of my right life, <laughs> I'm like, okay, no, just, I got to grow, feed the family, go. So yeah, onions, potatoes, tomatoes, green beans, peas, carrots, the stuff that's in the freezer now. Mm-hmm. We just have to make it in the garden. Pumpkin and squash at all? Spaghetti squash. I missed having that last summer because I really liked it the year before mm-hmm. and having the different, like the, uh, uh, what was it, the Italian lasagna sp- spaghetti squash mm, dish. Yeah, that was good. Oh, yeah, that was really tasty. I sent that recipe to, uh, as a bridal shower thing so i got i got solicited for recipes for bridal showers Mm -hmm. and that was one of the ones that i had sent because it's easy and it's healthy and you can play it up or play it down right but it's pretty yummy um it's just baked spaghetti squash and then you pull out you cut it in half and you bake it Mm -hmm. until it's fork tender and you scoop out the squash and then you put it back into the shell in layers of mozzarella cheese a kind of tomato sauce, spaghetti squash, and then you can use you can leave it vegetarian and just have those as the layers, and then top it off with Parmesan cheese and bake it until it's bubbly. Or you can also add pepperoni or Italian sausage, so you can make it fancy, make it plain, but it's you know it's a nice simple dinner for two or four, depending upon how big your spaghetti squash are. Right. Yeah. So where are we going to put the tomatoes this season? Oh, so okay, so this year. Um, the we have an orchard and it's about nine apple trees a plum tree and two really sad peach trees 
but those are the the, the the plum and the two sad peach trees were here when we got here. Right. I added the nine apple trees last year. Um, so to the south of that, I want to go ahead and clear out a space to put the tomatoes because we have water on that side now because we put in a, a, a spigot for being able to water the hogs mm-hmm. and the apple trees. And it's sunny and it's a good clean spot and, you know... Who knows? It'd be funny. People come down. What are you growing now? You know, it's because it's, right, it's going to be right off the driveway. <laughs> right. <laughs> but eh. <laughs> all right. So we'll do that. Uh, do we need to order? Do we do we have all the seeds we need? Or do oh, we, need we to have order? we have tons of seeds between seeds I've saved and then seeds that we didn't use last year. Mm-hmm. Because remember, we bought packages of seeds, but maybe planted ten out of a package. Because we had so many tomato plants, like yeah. different types. So I still have boxes of those. All right. And right. we have other things to plant. The only things I really need to order order to be able to plant will be onion starts. Because two years in a row I tried to start onions from seeds and I was not successful. Mm-hmm. And I have been very successful with onion starts. Uh, I want to try to do – I want to start horseradish again this year. I, I tried it last year and it never took. But I think it was my fault. I waited – it was a combination of faults. The company sent them to me too soon yeah, for my growing area, right. and then by the time I could plant them, they were a little desiccated. Um, I'm going – so, but a horseradish. I love horseradish, and I grew up eating it a lot. So, um, And then uh, I want to start saving our potatoes that start to sprout eyes because then you can just cut off the sections with the eyes and plant them. So. We tried the fancy potatoes last year and nothing worked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That was weird. We had lots of green leaves, but then no tomatoes. And I did no everything, like, dig up. piled up the dirt, piled yeah. up the straw. I followed everything and, like, nothing happened. I don't know. Maybe spring I'll go out and I'll be like, oh, I I'll be surprised it. with. I don't think so. Nah, not either. <laughs> Just hope, but whatever. I don't think so. All right, we're going to take a, a quick time out. I'm going to put the kids to bed, uh, but we will be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool. So stick around. We'll be right back right after this. This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Next time you hear Donald swearing up and down about something, just know he lies. And also know he said it. Changes his mind with the win. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt with the Common Core thing because he has been pretty consistent. But in Carolina, said we're going to keep Common Core. Okay? He said it. The Jeff Fisher Show. Saturday morning, 6 to 8 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. All right, kids are in bed. Tonight's random bedtime story from the uh, Uncle John's bathroom reader was on cereal flops, by the way. Oh. Snap, crackle, flop was the the story header. I did not realize that uh, in the General Mills lineup of uh, Booberry, Frankenberry, and Count Chocula, when those three cereals were originally released, there were actually two other cereals that were released alongside those three. Hey, do you remember? There's a strawberry one. Well, that's Frankenberry. So Frankenberry is strawberry. Blueberry is blueberry. Chocolate is chocolate. Mm-hmm. 
No, I actually, I guess I don't remember. That's about when they came out, my time period. There was Yummy Mummy. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know what flavor Yummy Mummy was, but uh, then there was Dried also... Dried out linen. And apparently the, the worst uh, selling flavor was uh, called Fruit Brute. See, I remember Fruit Brute. Yeah? As a name. Okay. But I don't know if we ate that cereal that often. Ah. We ate a lot of crap cereal as a kid. Like, my mom was, like, totally in a, like, woohoo, cereal for children. It's a good thing. But we ate a lot of that, like, like <laughs> crazily colored, putrescent sort of looking mm-hmm. cereal sometimes. Like, I, I don't know. I like Cocoa Krispies. I had a lot of alphabets as a kid. I think my mom thought that like that would help with my reading comprehension or See, something. I never liked post cereals. I still have a problem about post cereals. You do. I do. Very I much. never buy them. <laughs> I know. Never. <laughs> it's very weird. It's that Cocoa Pebbles, Fruity Pebbles thing. They're just nasty. <laughs> and then the the they didn't. I don't like their brand. They're, they had they had a raisin bran cereal yeah. for a while, and I was into the raisin bran thing, but. Uh-huh. Theirs turns to, like, mushy in the bowl. Uh-huh. So, All right. Well, yeah. this segment is not brought to you by Post Cereals. No, apparently I, uh, not. <laughs> not anymore, anyway. I guess we'll know if this is just cut out. And, uh, yeah, let's see if this gets sudden, edited. Yeah, right, all of a sudden it's been replaced boop. by a Raisin Bran commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of editing, edited bits, yes. I I saw you last night on Dana Loesch's Lash. show Lash. Lash? Lash. Lash. Sorry. Looks like Loesch. It does, but it's Lash. It's, okay. Sorry, Dana. Um, I used to get that problem with my maiden name. It's pretty self-straightforward, for- but people would mess it up all the time. Anyway, I saw you on, last, on the show last night, and uh, you were talking about uh, this article that's going around people are looking at you and talking about you and what have you but the one thing that was surprising to me was that there was you you there was a woman who was interviewed and she's pro gun mm-hmm. but in Marie Claire her part was left out so you're in March's Cosmopolitan magazine <laughs> right so how edited is that like how did you, what's going on with that well, it is funny that, you know, so you've got Marie Claire and Cosmo that both coincidentally, you know, decide that uh, March is going to be anti-gun month, right? Yes, uh, because, you know, periods and girl power and yay. I don't know. It's kind of stupid. Well, Cosmo teamed up with Every Town for Gun Safety. and uh, Oh, well, they're dumb. And so they're pushing this uh, this gunsplainer uh, meme where they, uh, they took a quote from... Uh, Almost a year ago, like March of last year, and I was responding to a, a Campus Carry editorial. Uh, Media Matters uh, picked it up, and, and uh, every town has just sort of regurgitated what uh, Media Matters wrote. I know you might be able to hear the bonk, bonk, bonk of popping goats, goats. In, the, in the background. We might have a, a guest appearance from the baby goats here before long. But uh, uh, anyway, so so this op-ed was it was a um, it was an op-ed that was opposed to Campus Carry. And one of the reasons why the author was uh, opposed to campus carry is because she said that uh, if people could carry concealed firearms for self-defense, that it would further burden uh, the victim of a sexual assault with their own defense. And so I said, and this is the quote that apparently I'm gunsplaining, uh, I said, you know, look, the, the fact of the matter is that if you are the victim of a violent attack in that moment, it's not up to your attacker to prevent that attack because they started it right right? (laughs) uh it's up to you in that moment it's up to you to uh the 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 burden is on you the unwanted 
uh, you know, a responsibility reluctantly accepted is on you, the victim of the crime, to try to defend yourself. And apparently this is gunsplaining, uh, victim blaming, which is weird because, you know, I never even mentioned. First of all, I never mentioned guns and I never obviously never used the word blame because I it's not victim blaming. Like if you're if you disagree with what I'm saying, you're basically saying forget self-defense, like in whatever form, right? Forget the gun for a second, like forget the rape whistle, throw that out. Yeah. Or the anything. or the tongue let depressor just, to vomit just, on your attacker. Yeah, like, let me just lie there and just do nothing. So it's 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 just a bizarre thing for them to go after, but I think like I said on, on Dana's show, like it really to me just shows the strength of their arguments or the lack thereof right now, you know, when when this is the best that they've got. And and, you know, it is interesting that they put me in there. Right. This And I think it's supposed to be because I'm some 40 something year old guy. And so women automatically disregard uh, what this guy has to say because he's a 40 something year old guy. Yeah. Forget that I'm a husband. Forget that I'm a father. A right? five. Right. Uh, including two daughters. And and then, you know, again, but the other side of that is so Marie Claire not running an interview that they had done with Julie Golub, uh, who's a mom and a gun owner and the captain of Team Smith and Wesson. And they asked her questions about being an NRA member and being a woman. Whoa. And she gave great answers. And Marie like Claire it. just decided, well, we don't have time well, for that. Don't it, have the it, space well, for it. No, because what she said doesn't fit their mental image. Mm-hmm. You know, it is interesting, too, because we talked on NRA News Cam and Company weekdays, 2 to 5 Eastern on NRAnews.com and available on demand all the time at uh, iHeartRadio. Um, we uh, talked with a self-defense advocate and rape survivor named Kimberly Corbin uh, about this. And, you know, she came right out and said she thinks that because she is pro-gun, because she is pro-self-defense, um, there are media outlets that don't want to talk to her. Of course not. That would want to talk to her if she was a rape uh, survivor who was an advocate of gun control. Uh, she she really, and, truly believes yeah, this. Because a rape survivor who is an advocate of gun control makes so much sense. Well, I mean, they're out there, but, but that's the thing. Like, look, I'm not going to try to... I, I'm not going to try to say that someone's opinion is automatically invalid because it's their opinion... But what I am saying is that, you know, victims of crime who aren't in favor of gun control, well, their opinions are just as valid as those victims of crimes or survivors who are in favor of gun control. Except for if you're Marie Claire magazine, it doesn't fit what you want to present because you're an anti-gun magazine who thinks that girls should just, you know, vomit or pee on themselves to turn off of rapists. Okay, apparently not even that because that's still a form of self-defense. And so if you're advocating that, you're still victim blaming, apparently. Uh, see, I'm so over liberal progressives and their BS labels for things. I'm really getting frustrated with where their mentality is taking young people. Well, but so what's interesting, though, is that I don't know that their mentality is actually taking young people anywhere. Because when you look at the polls, when it comes to gun control, millennials are actually the the least likely to support things like a semi-auto ban. They're very supportive of concealed carry. Um, but they're also the ones that are whining at college about safe spaces. So come on. Well, not all break. of them. I'm just saying that, that you know, again, that's a very, I think, uh, relatively small but very, very loud uh, cohort of, of millennials. 
kind of like some pockets of our civilization that are very small in percentage, but you'd think they were huge because of the attention that they get. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think that... I think that it's actually the the older generation, the boomer generation, the Hillary Clintons of the world, uh, who are trying to convince you know young voters that hey, uh, you, you've got to be on the side of gun control, and they're you know they're trying to use everything that they can, trying out celebrities. Uh, but I keep seeing these stories, like I saw this story today. I think it was in uh, uh, Georgia. No, it was Delaware, uh, where gun sales are, are up. I, I, I'm trying to think of all of the places. Listen, we cover a lot of no, news I know, from all I around know. the country. Okay? I was going to say Georgia and Delaware are not um, anything close. No, but we did talk about campus carry in Georgia. But the, the, the story I was thinking of was from Delaware, and they were talking about the increase in gun sales. And one of the people that they talked to was a 21-year-old senior uh, at uh, a college in Delaware. I don't think it was the University of Delaware. There are a lot of colleges in Delaware. she just bought her first pistol, and this was not some spur-of-the-moment, you know, Decision. It wasn't some impulse purchase. She had been thinking about this for a while. She's getting her training. Uh, she doesn't. She. It's not just that she's a gun owner. She wants to be a competent gun user. Good. Um, and we again, we keep seeing these stories. Here's a 21 year old woman, you know, who's come to this conclusion all on her own. She didn't need to have the gun, the pro gun position, expl- gun explained to her. She didn't and she need to have the, the anti gun anti-gun explained to her. Explained you know, her. she's she's capable of coming up with this decision on her own. Look at that. People are capable of that. Absolutely, they I think are. The liberal progressives would say the opposite, though. Well, I think they are trying to say the opposite. You but are I, capable. You yeah. can't make that decision. You you don't want a gun. Absolutely, but I just don't think that uh, that message is resonating with a lot of people. So, which is, which is why thing. you get, you know, stupid attacks like trying to say that I'm victim blaming. But I don't think it, I don't think it's working, honestly. Um, well, I hope not. I, you know, <laughs> if like because I said, to if, be honest, like the, the thing about the, the fact that you were pointed out was you always give the other side the chance to talk and to present their information and arguments we we have the other side on an occasion but more than that you know i will sometimes play the devil's advocate when we have a pro-gun guest on i'll I'll present the you know gun control point of view we certainly talk about what gun control advocates are saying uh and we talk about you know the bills that they're pushing we and we we you know explore these things you won't hear me call someone uh generally speaking i don't think you'll hear me call uh an anti-gun advocate anything other than that an anti-gun advocate or an anti-gun activist like you know we don't name call we don't try to you don't gun shame i i don't yeah i don't yeah but you know again this is this is what the gun control movement has right now they have to try to demonize gun owners they have to try to otherize gun owners because their arguments in favor of uh, restricting gun ownership and their arguments, uh, you know, trying to tell people not to be a gun owner, they, they're, they're not really resonating with people. All right, why don't we take a uh, time out? When we come back, we've got some emails to get to. Stick around. There's more 40 acres in a fool. Maybe a uh, a goat appearance as well they right got, after this. They got quiet. They, they did get jumping. quiet again. They though. might be quiet again. All so. right, we'll be right back with more right after this. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss... 
Pat and Stu. And so just outright trashy in America at this point that you're right. That is one of the voting classes they're talking about. All right. So who's got the uh, the hooker vote? We doing all well with the hookers? I can see in the, in the Bernie Sanders campaign. You know, we're not going to get the hookers, so you know, we we're going to have to go for somebody else. We lost the hookers to Hillary. We got the pimps. We got the pimps. Oh, we Don't got worry. the pimps, you know. We got the murderers. We got the murders. Pat and Stu. Weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. And we are back here on 40 Acres and a Fool. Oh, there's Romeo. <laughs> we are joined by our uh, baby goats here, Romeo and Valentina, who might be uh, squeaking a little bit over the next couple of minutes uh, as we uh, read some of your emails as well. And they might also be kicking and wanting to hear, go see mama. Yeah, there you go. Go like, see mama, oh, wait, Missy. Hold on. Turn them around. Turn them another. Okay, there, there we go. go. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. You're That's right. better. Yeah. All right. Now I have my uh, hands <laughs> free. <laughs> So we uh, we got an email from uh, Patria, uh, who we've not heard from before. Patria and her boyfriend uh, are listening to the program. She says, I hope that this email finds you and Missy and the family well. My boyfriend and I started listening and talking about your show about a year ago now, and we've always talked about writing in. However, listening to your latest episode this morning, my heart sank when I heard about your chickens because I talked about the oh. blossom last week, right? Yeah, that was bad. Patria says, uh, you see, though, we don't have any farm animals now. I grew up with chickens, ducks, and a guard turkey. She's a story for another day. However, one cold morning, much like you, I went out to let my chickens out of the coop. They were strangely silent when I opened the door, so I put my hand in to pull out the rooster and have him get a move on. Imagine my 15-year-old horror when the chicken I removed from the coop had no head. Ugh. One by one over the next few days, Patria says, no matter what we did, our chickens were systematically butchered by what we now know to have been a fisher cat. Fisher cats are yeah. the devil's creature. I am yeah. sure of it, Patria says. When one of those scream at you, you run. And they just rip their heads off. It's kind of like what the hawks do. Yeah. The possum just gutted it. She said, uh, unfortunately, my poor chickens in their wooden coop where the fisher could find its way in through small gaps were no match. And my dog, a husky, mom and I were only able to save my poor turkey by moments. She suffered a reasonable heart attack for a 10-year-old turkey again, long story, and was never quite the same, dying shortly after. Uh She says, hopefully this email gets to you in time to take precautions. If it is indeed a fisher, make sure the holes in your coop are so minute that nothing can get through them. And I'd make sure that Bullet visits that pen a lot. A dog is your best bet for warning on these creatures. Well, Patria, like you said, uh, unfortunately, I don't think it was a fisher cat. We think it was a possum here. But uh, but yeah. Bullet has been spending some extra time in the yard, uh, in the yard and down yeah. by the coop. Patria says, good luck with the chickens. And Matt and I will be continuing to listen. Your podcasts are one of our favorite highlights of the week. Brightening up his job and my sometimes two-hour-long commute to work. Two hours? Yeah. Oh, poor Patria. Patria says, affordable farmland is hard to find up here in Massachusetts, but I hope to be in a self-sustainable situation someday. Thanks so much, she says to you and Miss E for sharing your adventures. Well, Patria, thank you for writing in, and thank you for sharing some of your expertise as well. Best of luck to you and your boyfriend, and you're right. um, It is going to be hard to find affordable farmland up there in Massachusetts. That's been the case since about, uh, what, 17... Eighty-three or so, but uh, (laughs) you know, keep your eyes out for opportunities, and you know, when you when you get the opportunity to uh, to find a place, maybe even outside of Massachusetts, look for those job opportunities as well, and maybe you'll find that uh, that perfect spot, uh, even if it's not in the uh, the Bay State. But I'm glad that you wrote in, and I hope that you'll continue to listen, and I hope that uh, you don't have any of those two-hour commutes anytime soon. Yeah. 
Uh, Greg also wrote in our uh, llama friend from North Carolina. Mm. Greg uh, says, Cam Mushu and I hope that you're doing well. Thanks for all the podcasts that you do. Well, Greg, I hope that uh, you and Mushu and oh, all the rest Mushu. of the llamas. You remember Mushu, right? I remember right? Mushu. I got to walk him up and down Main Street in Farmville. <laughs> right, with your bright red <laughs> hair and, and the goat and my friend Farah. Yeah, it was a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg has uh, recommended a uh, Mark Levin uh, a podcast. He says, uh, Levin explains what would happen if Bloomberg joins the race, and it's very <laughs> interesting. You know, Greg, it's interesting. Interesting. I um, I was actually in the car the night that Mark Levin was talking about this, and so I heard his uh, I heard this live as he was explaining this, and it was pretty interesting. Um, so Mark Levin's theory basically is that if Michael Bloomberg were to get into the race, he's going to take votes away from uh, the Democrat, either Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton. Right, which would make it so that the Republicans actually win. Possibly, uh, but he also Michael said, Bloomberg's not going to win. Well. <laughs> You know, you, look, I mean, it's a crazy election year. Who knows what could happen? But Mark Levin's point was that Bloomberg is not going to win enough. Uh, he's not going to win 270 electoral votes. No way. So he may very well, uh, you know, he could maybe win New York State. Maybe he wins California. Those but he wins a two. state or two. He doesn't mean he's right. a president. But if he were to prevent any other candidate from getting 270 electoral votes. Then the election goes to the House of Representatives. Oh, didn't that happen when it was a uh, Bush? No, it didn't. It happened, didn't happen with Bush. It happened with... Uh, it was Bush-Gore, but that was electoral votes. It wasn't a... It had to go to the House of Representatives, right? the right? Supreme Court decided that. Right. Uh, last time it went to the uh, House of Representatives, I think it was 1872. Samuel Tilden was the guy who lost and... Uh, <laughs> you, you think. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> Well, it was, it was 72 or 76. I can't remember oh, right now. sorry. Okay. But uh, Samuel Tilden was the one who, uh, who lost. Oh, it, it was 76 because this was sort of the corrupt bargain. And I think it was uh, Rutherford B. Hayes who ended up taking over. And the the uh, the bargain that was made was that, uh, all right, the Republican can be president, uh, but we're going to end Reconstruction in the South. And so no more military rule in the South, no more, no more of these Reconstruction projects. You guys get to be president this time around, but... Uh, this the aftermath of the Civil War is over. That was the that was the bargain, the uh, bargain so that was work? struck. Well, uh, no, I don't think so. I think that the Jim Crow laws got instituted shortly thereafter, and yeah, uh, Reconstruction was bad enough, but then Jim Crow was ridiculous. Yeah. So so here's the thing. But so Mark Levin says if it goes to the House of Representatives, it'll oh. be controlled by uh, the Republicans. Uh, there are, you know, enough states that are Republican controlled because if it goes to the House of Representatives, it's not like every representative casts their vote. You do it by state and each state gets one vote. And Mark Levin's point was that there are enough states who are majority Republican, whose votes would go Republican, mm. that the Republican would win. OK, um, you know, the only quibble I might have with that, uh, uh, that, that, that line of uh, thought, Greg, is that, you know, you, you, who knows? First of all, what Congress people will do? No, um, we can't trust them. They're like wild. Well, they, you just, you just, you just don't know what they would do. Uh, I doubt that they would choose the Democrat. But let's say, you know, could you say with all certainty that um, enough of these delegations would uh, select uh, delegates? Let's say the Republican candidate. If it was Donald Trump, and there was animosity towards Donald Trump, or uh, if it was a you know the quote unquote establishment Republican candidate. Uh, would there be enough animosity among the quote unquote insurgents uh, that they would deny uh, the Republican candidate the vote and instead they'd cast their vote for Bloomberg? That doesn't seem particularly likely. 
Uh, but it is a strange election year. I, I you know, I, I tend to. Uh, it's a to, horrible election year. Uh, Choices are crap, and the uh, the Democrats. Cho- the, seriously, Bernie Sanders. You're not feeling the burn. Or Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Two crazy old white people. Like really? What do you got against old white people? I don't, but the Democrats seem to have an issue with them. So it's kind of crazy that these are the two people that are running their party. They're diverse on the inside. When is... Actually, not really, because they pretty much agree with everything. Yeah, they do, except for the money thing. Um, So why didn't Biden run? Because he hasn't done anything for eight years? Uh, you'd probably have to ask Joe Biden. There's, you know, all the speculation that uh, he, he might even hop in at this Last late hour. Minute. If uh, if Hillary Clinton, yeah, if she doesn't do well in Nevada. But here's the thing. I mean, they we're really running out of time for this to happen. Uh, we'll know, I think, by March 10th, if Michael Bloomberg is going to get into the race. Uh, I think we'll probably know by March 5th, actually, uh, if Bloomberg is going to run for He's president. Money. He has plenty. It. He has He's plenty. Like look, the money, well, the money, the money's right? not, yeah, the money's not the issue. The, the timing like the is the issue. Trump. Well, uh, crazy yeah. ass ideas. The quote unquote independent Trump. Um, <laughs> he's another New York billionaire. Uh, but but it's it's not the money that's going to be the issue there. It's going to be the timing. He's got to get in and qualify on the ballot as an independent in 50 states. Mm. Uh, and he only has, you know, so many months in which to do that. So he's got to get in at some point. But he wants to see. What uh, what the landscape looks like after the March 1st primaries, where we've got more than a dozen primaries. If Bernie Sanders has a good night, he'll probably get in. If Hillary Clinton has a good night, he'll probably stay out and he'll back Hillary Clinton. Uh, but either way, you know, here's the thing. Either way, Greg, Bloomberg's going to spend a lot of money this election year. Doing nothing. Uh, not doing nothing. Well, He's going to be spending a lot of money this election year trying to advance his point of view, whether it's as a candidate or as somebody behind the scenes, but he's going to be pushing gun control uh, again, either as a candidate or somebody behind the scenes, and he's going to be doing this nationwide, uh, including down there in North Carolina. Gun so, control and soda sizes. Right. Seriously, this dude needs a hobby. So I hope that you and Mushu will uh, uh, be active in in uh, turning out the vote there in North Carolina, because I think that uh, you and Mushu would make a pretty good. A recruiting pair. Mushu for president. <laughs> he was so mellow, man. He could do the job. Right. He didn't even spit at me once. I know. He well, didn't spit at me either. He's a llama, not a camel. Yeah. But he didn't uh, do whatever reluctant llamas do. He didn't. He wasn't reluctant at all. Like, I was walking him down a city street. We walked across the street. Cars stopped. We went over in front of City Hall so we could get some grass. <laughs> like he's in, was, I'm like, well, he needs to not be on the sidewalk. But yeah, it was kind of funny. But the people, what was cute, were people in City Hall came out to take his picture. Mm-hmm. Listen, you can't walk a llama down a city street and expect that people aren't going to stop and take your picture. No, people stopped a lot. Right. It was funny. So there you go, Greg. Use Mushu for good and yes. uh, uh, help increase the voter turnout there in North Carolina. That is about all the time that we have for you on this week's edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. Missy is yawning. I got to walk the dogs. The hour is growing late. Oh, yeah. Feed babies at midnight. So. But <laughs> until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And we'll talk to you soon here on another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.